Welcome to the Exam Study Expert Podcast, helping you ace your exams at school and university through the psychology of high performance and the science of studying smarter, not harder. It's my pleasure to introduce your host, the Cambridge-trained memory psychologist and exam success coach, William Wadsworth. I've got a message for you today that some of you, perhaps not all, but some of you, are really going to need to hear. Are you holding yourself back by working too hard? For the ones that most need to hear it, this is going to be a tough message to swallow. I get that. Please hear me out. What you're about to listen to may well be the most important episode I've been able to offer you for quite some time. I'm going to be getting pretty candid. Now, before I go any further, please don't get me wrong. By talking about working too hard, uh, I'm not asking you to become a work-shy, lazy layabout with no work ethic. But by having a sensible work-life balance you're able to maintain your energy levels and focus at a place where you're able to work with intensity and concentration and, as a result, get more done in less time. I want to talk to you today about the trade-off that you make if you choose to pile on the hours past a certain level. And I'm going to talk you through some of the evidence about what happens to your overall weekly productivity as you work longer and longer and longer hours. And then I'm finally going to give you a couple of stories of real-life coaching clients who I've helped think through this exact issue, what their circumstances were and what we did about it and what the results were. By way of context, I want to take a harder look at what is essentially the exam study expert mantra. In other words, achieving exam success through studying smarter, not harder. Studying smarter, not harder is in the intro to this podcast. It's on my email signature. It's all over the blog. And it's a phrase I use time and time again, both on the podcast and in real life uh, when talking about what I do and how I want to help students succeed uh, and, and achieve their full potential in their studies and in their life generally. Now, as you'll know, if you've listened to the show before, we spend a lot of time talking about strategies to study smarter, whether that's ways to get more done in less time, uh, or perhaps ways uh, to uh, hack your memory, learn faster and remember more, as in our recent Science of Learning season. But we haven't talked so much about the other half of that phrase, the not studying harder bit. I think that's actually a little bit of an oversight that I want to remedy that, that that I want to remedy today. I've become increasingly convinced that studying smarter and not studying harder really are two distinct and interconnected halves of a complete philosophy. Neither half works without the other. If you can find ways to study smarter, then it stands to reason that you don't have to study so hard. But I believe it's equally true that in order to have the energy and focus you need in order to study smarter, it's also vital to ensure that you're not studying too hard. In other words, to study smarter, you have to study less hard. And by studying less hard, you enable yourself to study smarter. And so it goes around a virtual circle that only ends up with you being more successful uh, in uh, an easier and happier way. If you're working all hours of the day and night, your brain just becomes increasingly mushed, to uh, use the correct psychological terminology, uh, such that you can no longer focus properly uh, for the length of a working day. 
that means you end up working slower and end up spending ever longer to achieve the same level of productive output. It's kind of a counterintuitive idea when you first come across it, but once you pass a certain number of hours per day or per week, adding more study hours to that almost inevitably results in your productive output going down. Now, the diehard caffeine fueled all nighters brigade listening to this are probably sitting there thinking, well, this is all very well for him to say in theory, but I've got a mountain of tasks to do. I've simply got no choice but to work crazy long hours to get it all done. If you're sitting there thinking that, I, I get it. Believe me, I've been there. You need to listen to this episode and then combine it with the episode I'm bringing out in a couple of weeks' time, which is all about overwhelm. Uh, and between the two of those, I think you'll have a complete answer to, to the situation you're, you're in. So the problem with working too hard is that you may well get more done to start with in the early days or even the early weeks, but you'll quickly get sucked into a vicious circle uh, and end up with a lower overall productivity uh, than you had before. And the research shows this. And there's been several studies that, that have actually looked into this, how much you get done, uh, depending on how many hours a week you're, you're working. Uh, there was a decades old piece of research, for example, that a lot of people uh, quote in this area by a respected Washington think tank called the Business Roundtable. And they found that if you compare people who work 60 hours per week to people who work 40 hours a week, it's certainly true that, as you'd imagine, to start with, the 60-hour guys do indeed accomplish more each day, each week, just because they've got the extra hours, they've got more time to accomplish their tasks. But if you watch those two groups and come back a month, a couple of months later, so eight weeks later, you notice something really interesting has happened. Once this time has passed, eight weeks in, you find that both of these groups are actually getting an identical amount of work done. Only one group is taking 60 hours to achieve that amount of work. The other group is getting that amount of work done in just 40 hours. Why? Well, the 40-hour group are well-rested, fresh, alert, and able to power through their to-do list each day and each week and be really smart about it. The people that have been trying to work 60 hours are starting to show signs of burnout because their work-life balance is poor. And so their, their work rate slows to the point where they're getting just as much done as if they were working 40 hours rather than 60 more recent studies have found exactly the same pattern. John Penkoval at Stanford in 2015, for example, found a very, very similar pattern. All of this is to say that working more hours, more and more and more hours, doesn't necessarily equate to more and more and more productive uh, output in, in terms of actual useful study time. Uh, and for a lot of people, you'd be better off working fewer hours and just focusing on how well you use them. In other words, working less hard in order that you might work smarter. Okay, so so much for telling you a little bit about the uh, the evidence and the data. I want to show you now a couple of concrete examples about how this can play, play out in practice for real students. Uh, and the examples I'm going to give you are both based on uh, recent experiences with a couple of my coaching clients. I'll be keeping the individual's identities completely anonymous, of course, um, but both did say to me that they're happy for me to talk about their story on the podcast, such as that it might help uh, help others who are going through similar experiences. So the first example I've got for you comes from a client of mine who was working towards her CFA exams. Uh, these are exams you take in the field of accounting, finance and accounting. Uh, and in her case, it was her ticket to uh, taking her career to the next level and being able to earn at a higher level. Uh, 
the uh, my my client was working uh, nine to five uh, nine p nine a.m. to five p.m. on her job, uh, and also had a family to look after. So was fitting in her studies late at night and early in the morning. She was highly motivated and had a fierce work ethic, uh, more so than, than than many many people I've I've met. Uh, impressively so, honestly. Um, and she was already before I spoke to her. She was already fitting in uh, an hour of study in the morning and a second hour in the evening uh, after the family had gone to bed. And in one of our earlier conversations together, she was asking me about ways to fit in even more work than the two hours of study she was already doing per day. We talked through the pros and cons, and she admitted uh, to having had problems with burnout in the past. Adding more hours beyond the two hours of study she was already doing would have meant cutting down on sleep. That would have been the thing that would have had to go in her daily schedule. And our concern about that was that might risk another bout of burnout. So we agreed it'd be far better to have a sustainable level of work output per day that she can keep up for weeks on end, see her right through to her exams, rather than trying to go too hard, cram in too much work, skimp on sleep, uh, and only end to end up exhausted and able to work effectively after maybe a few days or at most a couple of weeks of her uh, more intense schedule. So we coupled this strategy of making sure she wasn't working too hard with absolutely maximising the effectiveness of her study technique. In other words, making sure she was studying as smart as possible and getting the most uh, biggest results out of the study time that was available to her. Long story short, the plan worked really, really well um, and she crushed her exams, not only passing but coming in the top fraction of a percent of people taking that exam really impressive stuff. I was so so pleased for her. Um, and I think when we were talking about it afterwards, we both agreed that it, it had been a great idea not to try and cram in more hours of work per day. Two hours was more than enough uh, if she was able to use the time really well and study really smart. And that avoided her burning out in the weeks leading up to the exam and almost certainly helped her unlock that really, really high level of success. The second example I wanted to talk to you about was uh, perhaps an even more stark example of trying to fit too much into the day. Um, my client this time was uh, not a professional, uh, but rather a gentleman of high school age. He was preparing for a very competitive university admissions process. He talked to me pretty early on in our first conversation about feeling overwhelmed. Each day he was trying to fit in this dizzying combination of homework assignments, uh, studying for exams uh, later, uh, and then doing all this extra practice and studying to put himself in the best possible position to ace those university tests and admissions interviews. I asked him about his approach to time planning, and he said everything he did was all governed by his Google Calendar. So I asked if we would be able to see it. So we screen shared that week's uh, view of his Google Calendar. And I could see right away why he was feeling so overwhelmed. I felt overwhelmed at the minute this popped up on screen. He'd got his day scheduled from 5.30am in the morning to 12pm uh, midnight, 12 midnight. And every single minute of the day accounted for from 5.30am to 12 midnight. There was half an hour blocked off immediately after classes for relaxation plus coding. In other words, this was the only half hour off throughout the whole day. And even that wasn't pure relaxation. That was supposed to be this combination of relaxation and a bit of coding practice. Between all uh, the rest of the schedule was obviously a lot of time during the day for school classes. Um, there was time set aside for homework in the evening, as well as substantial time every night for revising and reviewing for upcoming exams. 
And then there were multiple daily extra tasks. He was squeezing in uh, right at the start of the day and late into the night. So half an hour for this coding course, 45 minutes to practice for a certain university admissions test, uh, 15 minutes to squeeze in a quick workout, uh, an hour to study for these exams, an hour for those, half an hour to watch this online course every single day. Guys, it was intense. And the thing was, he wasn't able to deliver it no one could have done. That wasn't him being, it wasn't him failing as a student. It wasn't my job to help him achieve this 5.30am to midnight routine, because it's pretty much impossible for anyone to do, maybe for a day or two, but certainly not much past that. So what was happening uh, already? So what what was happening uh, for him in practice was that he wasn't able to get up at 5.30am, usually ended up more like 6.30am or 7, which meant he skipped his morning workout which was a shame because that would have given him a lot more energy to see him through the rest of the day. He also said that by the time he got to the end of his day, by sort of eight o'clock, when he was still supposed to do another four hours work, his brain was fried. Uh, he couldn't really focus, but he still forced himself to work through another four hours at this kind of snail's pace of studying, not really making much progress, only to go to bed at midnight, get another five hours sleep uh, and start and yet another day with low energy reserves and low concentration. We talked it through. And we agreed it'd be far better to schedule more time for sleep, and in particular, abandon this plan to work at snail's pace from 8pm through to midnight, perhaps stopping at a more realistic time like 10pm, and then using that extra time to free up uh, minimum solid seven hours sleep, as well as now being able to fit in a morning workout. In other words, we, uh, we came up with a plan that involved working less hard and freeing up time for a proper sleep schedule and a bit of daily exercise. All this meant that by the time 8pm hit, he still had the energy to do a couple more focused hours between 8pm and 10pm, and likely getting much more done between that 8pm and 10pm, uh, in that 8pm to 10pm window, than if he'd tried to uh, work on his old schedule and work through from 8pm to midnight. He was a bit resistant to the idea at first, but the more I coached him through a mindset shift, the more we talked about the pros and cons, the more sense he could see it made. By reducing his work hours, he could have more sleep, more exercise, and actually use what remaining uh, time he had scheduled for work far more effectively. The net result being that his actual productive output each day went up, not down, by working fewer hours. And as an added bonus to all of that, he's healthier, less stressed, happier, and more alert every day. Brilliant. Then, as the conversation was drawing to what seemed like a successful close, something quite unusual happened. I could see him hesitating. I could tell there was something we'd missed, something that was stopping what was otherwise a very solid plan from being put into action. Then I saw this notification come through via Zoom about an incoming chat message. It's pretty unusual that people send me chat messages in the middle of a conversation. Normally, if people want to tell me something, they just say it out loud because, you know, we're chatting. Why wouldn't you? And so he was clearly writing something to me that he didn't feel he could say out loud. I clicked the message button to open up the chat window. It was a two word long message for me. Uh, and it read, parental pressure. Parental pressure. Suddenly I realised he was hesitating because while he agreed with the plan we'd come up with, he was worried that his parents wouldn't be on board. In particular, uh, when it came to stopping work in what their eyes was early, i.e. stopping work any time before midnight. And he couldn't admit that out loud because they might be able to hear him talking to me. 
They couldn't, however, hear my side of the conversation. So I was able to talk him through some strategies to have a, an open and productive conversation with parents uh, about the, the way to get the most productive work done each day. And by the way, that might not necessarily be working through to midnight every day. Um, and just as a quick sidebar for any parents listening, I'm I, a huge fan of what parents do for, for their children. I, I know you absolutely want the best for your child. And the vast majority of parents I interact with have great instincts about what their child children need to do in order to achieve their potential. But if you're unsure about anything and you want my advice on what might be in your child's best interests, feel free to reach out to me and we can have a chat. Uh, William at examstudyexpert.com is my email address. So we've talked about the evidence and we've talked through a couple of case studies about how this mindset shift can play out in practice. I hope by now that you've started to at least maybe ask some critical questions to yourself about your own approach to work-life balance if you think something might be amiss. Now, again, I absolutely know this isn't an easy area to change in. I've been there myself. (laughs) Uh, And if you need support, I'm here to help. I'm accepting new exam success coaching clients at the moment, and I'd be more than happy to have a chat with you about how I can help you ace your exams this year, whether you're at school or university, or taking professional exams as part of your career in finance, business, law, medicine, or more please visit examstudyexpert.com to learn, to learn more about how it all works and how my approach of studying smarter and not harder can most apply to you and get you the best possible results in the easiest possible way. That's examstudyexpert.com forward slash coaching. Otherwise, thanks so much for listening today. Uh, remember that the best results come when you study smarter and not harder. I wish you every success in your studies. If you've got exams coming up, you can now get all of William's favourite tips and tricks to save you time and get you higher grades all in one handy cheat sheet. Grab your copy at examstudyexpert.com slash free tips. Thanks again for listening and see you soon.